0: It's a Locked On crossover. Jonathan Davis from Locked On Longhorns and Spencer McLaughlin from Locked On Pac-12. We just watched his Oregon Ducks beat our forever head coach, Matt Brown, in the North Carolina <laughs> Tar Heels, in the stunner in the Holiday Bowl, 28-27. to 27. And now Spencer McLaughlin has the pleasure of coming on, or giving us the pleasure of coming on this crossover and talking about the Washington Huskies and the Texas Longhorns in the Alamo Bowl. Spencer giving us all the insight all the way here in Texas that we need to see who we're going up against in the Alamo Bowl tonight against the Washington Huskies. And Spencer, I'm going to ask you first, Washington, watching this Washington team all season. right. That's a tongue twister. Watching (laughs) this Washington team all season. What did you see from a Huskies team that had two losses and was 15 points away from going undefeated this year?
1: I, I saw a team that surpassed my expectations by a lot, and Washington fans will be very quick to tell you about how down I was on Washington coming into the year. I, I didn't see this one-year turnaround coming. I, I didn't love the Michael Penix edition based on what we'd seen from him in Indiana, but he is now surrounded by an elite cadre of, of wide receivers, whether it's McMillan or, or Roma Dunze. They have got a lot of guys. Polk is also a fantastic wideout. When you look at what this Washington offense presents, it's one that is just explosive. They really operate with a lot of chunk plays in their offense, and they do an exceptional job. Ryan Grubb just got a pay raise for the second time, I think, in a couple months, the offensive coordinator. He's actually the play caller, but Kalen DeBoer's done a fantastic job. Their defense is the side of the ball that you know maybe leaves a little room to be desired it was certainly the culprit in the loss that ultimately kept them out of the Pac-12 championship game and potentially the college football playoff discussion that lost to Arizona State but you know those two games they got outplayed by UCLA I don't think Washington fans would argue that point but that game against Arizona State it was kind of one play away so it was one play away from being a Washington win and The narrative though overwhelmingly positive and rightfully so being even more enthusiastic about this Washington team it's a really good football team and and it starts on the offensive side of the ball primarily and if they can just get enough on the other side then they can be one of the best teams in the country and I I'll just tell you right now Jonathan I do like them in this game I think this is a bad matchup for Texas
0: yeah, well, you talked about Michael Penix, Jr., who led the FBS in passing yards, going against a Texas defense that ranked 89th in pass defense. Definitely some favorable matchups for the Washington Huskies. But from a pure talent perspective, I want to ask you, how do you think Texas stacks up against some of the other teams that were on Washington's schedule this year in the Pac-12 and then Michigan State out
1: of conference? Well, I think if you if you had put Washington in the Big 12 this year, there's no question they would have played in that conference championship game against TCU. I, I think they are that talented of a team. Here's the thing with, with Washington, and I, again, full disclosure was completely wrong on them coming into the year, but they had more talent than a typical 4-8 and eight team did a year ago. They still needed more at certain positions, but really what they needed and what they've shown this year was better coaching. That's what was lacking last year, and in hindsight, that's, fairly obvious with Jimmy Lake being the 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 mess that it was there at at the end and how that all went down so it's a team that has got a lot of roster they have a couple of really good edge players led by Braylon Trice he he's fantastic and and if that is not someone the Texas offensive line is able to contain that plays into the strength of this Washington defense which is their front four their front four are very good everything behind that it leaves a little to be desired at at the very least, as much as you can on, on a 10 and two football team, but they have been an explosive offense and they've just needed, you know, good performances from their defense. And when they have that, they are one of the maybe 10 or 15, at the very least 15, if not 10 best teams in college football, because I think Ryan Grubb is a play caller. He's really sharp and Penix has been so good. The offensive line has been tremendous, but th- their talent everywhere you look offensively is weakest, probably at the running back position, but they have capable guys. They're going to throw the ball first and foremost, but their offensive line, their wide receivers, the quarterback you're going up against on, on your side of things with the Texans, Texas fans listening to or watching this show, it's going to be as high a level of talent as Texas has faced all season long. And I do think that includes Alabama. It's it's not they're they're not they're not at Alabama's level, but I'm saying they're a lot closer to Alabama than they are to say, uh, you know who's the worst team that Texas faced this year? Maybe, like I don't know their schedule. O- off top Oklahoma.
0: LA. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, let's see. Okay. If Washington played Oklahoma today, it would look very similar to what that Texas game was. Oklahoma might score a few more points, but I don't I don't know. They were they were pretty tough this year, but. Yeah, you look at Washington's roster top to bottom. They can go toe-to-toe with the best teams that that Texas has played this year on both sides of the ball. I, I think the only caveat is linebackers and the secondary, aside from Alex Cook, the safety, who's a great player, they've looked a little iffy at times. But that front four, those dudes are beasts.
0: Yeah, so we're about five and a half minutes in, and Spencer McLaughlin is just drinking nothing but grape Kool-Aid. I'm sure the Washington (laughs) fans are drinking nothing but grape Kool-Aid. He said if Washington was in the Big 12, they would have been in the Big 12 championship against TCU. Washington is almost on it par talent level with Alabama all of that right I got it
1: well they're just that just that they're they're closer to Alabama than they are to what Oklahoma was this year they're 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 not Alabama but they're they're I think they're pretty comparable to Kansas State with a more dynamic passing game and a better front four but they're not quite as strong running the football I think that's a pretty good comp for Washington
0: that makes a lot of sense so there's another underlying story in this game in Steve Sarkisian in his second year as the head coach at the University of Texas got his head coaching debut at the University of Washington. Husky fans used to bark for Sark, right? <laughs> and, now, and now they're going against Steve Sarkisian. So do you think the fact that there's history between Steve Sarkisian and both universities, do you think that'll play a factor in this game tonight?
1: Here's what I know about that history between Sark and the University of, of Washington Anyone who is out there declaring—and I am not amongst this crowd in any way whatsoever—that bowl games, quote unquote, don't matter, should not try convincing that point to Washington fans, who I guarantee you, Jonathan, want to beat Steve Sarkeesian really bad. A cousin of mine is is from the Seattle area, big Husky fan, and I asked him a while ago, "Hey, what's uh what's the vibe up there on wanting to beat Sark?" And he said, "Well, you know, I." I'm not, you know, as anti-Sark. I don't hate him as much as some other Husky fans do. I'm pretty, I'm pretty light on him, you know. But out of ten, I'm still at like an eight on wanting to beat him in this game. And he said other Husky fans are closer to like an eleven or or a twelve on the. I really want to beat Sark here because of, of how that all went down. So I, I think this is a great matchup for for that reason and many others. I hope it looks something like the Alamo Bowl Washington played in when Sark was the head coach, with Keith Price at quarterback, RG three on the other side for Baylor. One of the one of the most awesome college football games any of us have seen in the last twenty years or so. We can only hope that it's that good. Though hopefully the Pac twelve comes out on on top this time. But I, I guarantee you it's there. You know, there, there's no schematic borrowing or intimate knowledge or anything like that because it's too far removed. But there is that element amongst the fan base and i'm sure it's been at least somewhat communicated to the players of this guy was once here we thought he'd be around for a little bit longer we thought he'd maybe do a little bit better and he bolted on us for for usc at least amongst the fans and the alumni uh, amongst the, the, the husky nation i guarantee you they all want to see that happen really really bad i think this is one of the juiciest. this might be the juiciest storyline slash matchup of all the non new year's six bowl games i i think it's a fantastic fantastic one
0: i love the way you just set the table for this game brother and you know, I'm not sure from a Texas fan standpoint if it's that personal. You know, I think they just want to win the Alamo Bowl and get to nine wins yeah. and prove on the disaster that was five and seven last year. But definitely uh, the animosity that's there from the Washington fans is going to make this game a whole lot better tonight. A quick word from Bet Online, and then we're going to start talking about that Washington offense that was very prolific. This season, betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at betonline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game is. Start. So Spencer, you've already kind of spoiled this, but I think Bet Online has Texas favorite by four and a half mm-hmm. over the Washington Huskies. I assuming you think that's a little bit ridiculous.
1: Um I don't think it's ridiculous because I've watched what Vegas has done with Texas all year long, and that's refused to make an adjustment, you know? Like they just <laughs> they just keep going back to the well. They're like, we're just gonna keep favoring them over and over and over again. And all right, you do, you do that at your own will here. I, I don't know if uh, they're, they're fully understanding the impact of Bijan Robinson not playing in this game, which I definitely want to get into here momentarily. But yeah, if you can get that over a field goal on Washington, I think that's some nice value. I, I really do. I think Washington is going to win the game outright. So, of course, I would, I would like that side regardless. But if you get it at four and a half, I think the number came down. I, I could I could be wrong. I can double-check here in, in just a sec. But that's uh, I, I think that's some nice value on the Huskies.
0: Yeah, B. John Robinson not playing in this game. Roshan Johnson not playing in this game. Longhorn Nation, we know the rest of the world will be introduced to Jonathan Brooks tonight. Spencer, I'm going to ask you about Michael Penix Jr. He led the FBS in passing yards. You talked about the play calling. You talked about how prolific this offense is. What makes Michael Penix Jr. and this Washington offense so special and so hard to stop? Michael Penix Jr. threw for 300 yards in 10 of his 12 games this season. I think he had one game where he threw for 298. So he's pretty much a lock to throw for 300 yards. What makes this offense so special?
1: I think it actually starts with the offensive line. And and Michael Penix is phenomenal. He should be a Heisman contender going into next year and have the ability to elevate himself to that platform based on the year he had this season. But the key for him, and most Texas fans may or may not know this because Indiana plays in the Big Ten, but Michael Penix was there for four years, three, or three, three years, I, I think, and then next year will be his, his fifth and final of eligibility. He had been injured, Jonathan, in every year of college football that he'd played. And here he is going into game 13, doesn't have any notable injury designation, hasn't missed a game this year, has barely missed a snap this year for the Washington offense. And I think that's been the biggest key going from Indiana, Washington. You have better receivers. Yes, you 100% do, but the biggest thing he's got a better offensive line. And he has had so many instances this year where he just sits there, passes the ball two or three times, nobody coming around him. He's made some good throws under pressure this season, but His best throws come when he's given time to dissect the defense, and that's something that people, I don't think, always give, at least casual fans, full credit to quarterbacks for, their ability to know where to go with the football, right? It's one thing to have arm talent, but not every big five-star quarterback works out because he's not able to read defenses. He can't dissect them fast enough. He can't understand coverages and route concepts and know where the ball needs to be and when. Penix, when he is in rhythm in this offense, Executes it beautifully, and he's able to do that on a lot of these long developing deep crossers and posts and shots down the field because of the offensive line. They protect him really, really well. He has not been sacked a lot this year, he hasn't been asked to run at all or move a ton, which is not, you know, really a forte of his anyway. He's not a phenomenal athlete, he can move a little, but it's not a feature of his game. But that ability to just have time to understand and process what's happening in front of him and not worry about the pressure, I, I think, has been the biggest key to the offense this year because of the the sort of scheme that they run and the sort of passing offense that they want to develop. And, and they've done it beautifully this year.
0: Who is Michael Penix Jr.'s go-to option? Who do the Texas Longhorns have to stop for them absolutely to have a chance to win this game?
1: Uh, there, there's a number of different guys that, that you can look at. I, I think I think the, the obvious answer is Roma Dunze here. He, he's Washington. I believe he's their leading receiver. McMillan might be close. They, they've got a number of guys, though. McMillan, Polk, Adunze. Any one of those guys, if you told me right now, went for over 100 yards in the Alamo Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. I would not, like, at, at all, because they're all really high-level talents, and they first kind of showed out against Michigan State, who doesn't have a great pass defense this year, but part of the reason those stats don't look very good is because Washington torched them for, I think it was over 400 yards in in the game, right? And a couple of those guys were, were over the century mark. That depth of weapons is, again, another tool in Ryan Grubb's toolbox that he's able to call upon to help this offense move the ball and score points and be creative and be smart and be clever and not be predictable is he doesn't have to go to one guy. Odunze is the top target, but it's not the sort of situation where Penix is on third and seven. He's going for Odunze every time. He could, he, he will at times, but he's going to execute the offense as it is designed to be executed. And I think that's what has made this marriage so successful with, with Ryan Grubb, Kalen DeBoer, and Michael Penix, a quarterback with all these receivers, is Penix just processes things at an exceptionally high level, as a veteran quarterback should. He's got a good arm. He's very accurate with, with his ball placement for the most part, and he knows where Ryan Grubb wants him to go with the football and he delivers it there on time and on target really, really often.
0: Yeah. You said you wouldn't be surprised if any one of these three receivers go for over a hundred yards, but based on what this Texas defense did against Bryce Young and the Alabama offense or Max Duggan and the TCU offense or whatever Oklahoma trotted out there in the cotton and <laughs> the red river showdown, I wouldn't be surprised if any of these receivers, none of these receivers get over a hundred yards. We talked about this passing offense, but this Washington offense did not have a thousand-yard rusher this year. right? We talked about Bijan and and Roshan. This Washington offense did not have a thousand-yard rusher this year. I think the leading rusher had like 775 yards, something like that. How much of an effort do you think the Washington Huskies will put into their run game tonight? Do you think they'll try to establish it, or do you think it'll just be the Michael Penix Jr. show?
1: It'll be just enough to keep the defense honest. That's what the running game has been for the Huskies this year. I don't think there's a game you could look at, at least the, that I'm thinking about, where you'd say, yeah, the, the running game really carried them there. You know, maybe a, a little against Oregon State when it was windy, but Penix was still making the plays when when he needed to uh, against the Bees up there in Seattle when the winds were whipping around at 20 to 30 miles an hour, and it was ridiculous. But the Huskies offense only put up 24 points that day, and, and the defense kind of carried him to, to that win at home. So I, I think that, they, they will try and run the ball. It's not a pure air raid, right? Like the late Mike Leach introduced to, to college football, RIP, of course. It's not like that where Penix is going to throw 55 to 60 times. But he's not going to be under 30 pass attempts in this game. I'd, I'd be shocked if he is over 30. Or if he, I'd be shocked if he's under 30 pass attempts, and if there's one ball carrier because they've cycled through a couple backs this year, who's over 20 carries in this game. They don't want you to be able to just drop eight into coverage and you know try to find the the holes in in that zone. But they also don't want to you know be be so one dimensional. You you know, Washington wants to be able to run the football a little, but you know just enough to where you say, hey they could run it here or or they could run it there. But you will rarely, if ever, see a drive where the ground game is is kind of carrying the load for the Huskies offense. It, it'll be the Michael Penix Jr. show, but not, you know, I, I expect him probably 35 to 40 pass attempts. That, that'd probably be a safe number to to bet around. He's more likely to go over 40 than he is under 30.
0: Yeah, Texas has done a good job of uh, stuffing the run all season. I imagine tonight will be no different. A quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll talk about what Quinn Ewers and the Texas offense needs to do to take advantage of a Washington defense that was suspect at times this season. It can happen so easily. You're out with your friends or coworkers. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. It's time to go, and for a moment you think of calling for a ride. But no, you're a good driver. You live nearby. You can make it home okay. What are the odds you'll get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride, drive sober or get pulled over. So Spencer. I'm going to ask you, you talked about this Washington defense, and you said that it possibly was the reason they lost to Arizona State, possibly was the reason they kept them out of the Pac-12 championship, possibly was the reason it kept them out of the college football playoff, and it possibly could be the reason that they lose the Alamo Bowl tonight. What do Quinn, Ewers, Steve Sarkeesian and this Texas offense need to do to take advantage of this Washington defense?
1: you, you got to be able to run the football without Bijan Robinson because this Washington run defense this year – on a yards per carry basis has been one of, if not, I think they're actually the best coming into this game in the Pac-12 statistically. There have been some stout run defenses over there. Oregon State's has had some nice moments. Utah has been very good. Oregon statistically on the ground, certainly not through the air, ha- has been good at uh, stopping the run. But Washington has been right there as well, which goes back to what I mentioned earlier. The front four is the strength of, uh, of this team. And Braylon Trice leads a group of guys who, who play like, like hungry dogs, literally up there, on on the line of scrimmage, and they do a really really good job of of both stuffing the run, but being multiple enough to get after the passer, which is what they're better at, I I think fundamentally. But they're very good against the run. But if you're if you're Texas and you're looking at how to dissect this this Washington defense, I, I think one place that that you can look is actually a game that Washington won, and that was against Oregon, and Oregon ran the ball very well. Because Oregon's offensive line is, is very, very good. And so that kind of neutralized the Huskies' strength. So then what you had was the Washington defense, to stop the ground game, was reliant on the second level, in the secondary, and what did I say earlier? That's kind of the weakness of the Washington defense. I think of the of the team overall is getting consistent and you know occasionally explosive plays from from those two particular units. If you can get your running backs to that level, right? I would feel more confident in Texas. I might actually like Texas in this game if Bijan Robinson was playing because he's a hard guy to bring down. And what Bucky Irving did in that that Oregon game was break a lot of tackles. At the second level, like that is an area of growth for Washington going into the offseason. But if Texas is not able to get their running backs to that level, and if their offensive line can't open up the sort of holes that allow the running backs to get to that second level to make those guys miss, then you're playing into the strength of that Washington defense when it comes to the ground, which is you're just trying to win the the one on one battle at the line of scrimmage between the offensive and defensive linemen. So where Bijan John Robinson, for what I've seen him do, which has been quite a bit, and he's a phenomenal talent, as Texas fans know, what he's been so great at is making guys miss in the second level, right? He's got great power. He's shifty. He's got great balance. He, he can go around you. He can go through you. And I think that presented a real challenge for Washington's defense. But when you take that out, it, it, it can be some of that production, right, with, with a backup there, but at the very least it can't be all of it. And, and I think that's the biggest question is how does Texas try to exploit that area of the Washington defense? Because if you're just dropping back, you know, uh, Quinn Ewers, at least from, from what I saw, you can correct me if I'm wrong, last few games of the year was not very good throwing the football just straight dropping back and being the driving force of the offense. So if that's what you're relying on as Longhorns, I think that's advantage Washington.
0: Yeah, I said uh, in a previous episode this week that if it turns into a shootout between Michael Penix Jr. and Quinn Ewers at this point, that may be advantage Huskies. But like I said, you know, Longhorn Nation knows we're going to introduce y'all to Jonathan Brooks. We're going to introduce the world to Jonathan Brooks, who has averaged 7.2 yards per carry on 45 carries at the 40 acres. He's averaging a touchdown every nine carries. Had 100 yards rushing as a backup to the backup to Roshon Johnson. In the Kansas game, a game where Bijan John Robinson broke records and Jonathan Brooks still had 100 yards behind him. So I think the run game will be just fine. But, you know, of course, we'll see tonight. Toto, we're, Toto, that.
1: we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anyways, you've already said that you think Washington is going to win this game. So. Give me your score prediction or just your game prediction, and, and why do you think Washington wins this game tonight?
1: Yeah, well, I, I want to pop just a, a couple quick questions at you while we've while we've got a little bit of time before we okay. b- before okay. we before we do that, we'll save our our score predictions for for the very very end, just to keep people hanging on on the edge of their seat. But okay. how confident do you feel overall going into this game?
0: I feel somewhat confident just because I know that this Washington team is really good. Obviously they won 10 games. Like I said, they lost two games by a combined 15 points. Uh, I think any team gets up for Texas. Right. And I think Texas may be a little comfortable playing in the Alamo bowl, you know, only traveling, you know, about an hour away from home where this Washington team is coming in. And like you said, they have a lot to prove, right. They, they, you know, probably were one loss away from, like you said, being in the Pac-12 championship game and they're not really, they don't have the brand, right? They went 10 and two and how many people are talking about the Washington football team, right? (laughs) You know, the Washington Huskies. So I think they have a lot to prove. And like I said, I think every team gets up for Texas. So I think they're going to come in this game and and play hard and play with a lot of intensity. And I think they're going to come out and try to punch Texas in the mouth, you know, and it's all about how Texas responds to it. You know, I don't think Texas can just show up and out talent Washington. They're going to have to beat them head to head. Right. And so, that's been a challenge for the Longhorns at times. And so I would say I'm confident in this game, but I definitely could see a path to, you know, a very good Washington team walking out with a win.
1: Their their defense has had a couple of nice games this year. Unfortunately for the Longhorns, one of them was TCU when the offense decided to take a nap for the better part of four quarters. What, what has been the the mood around the defense specifically? Because that's the, the most important thing when going up against Washington is how can you – get stops against this Huskies offensive attack. And, you know, is there a chance that Texas puts on that kind of showing or do you expect more of a high scoring affair, which is what I which is what I expect?
0: Well, I would expect more of a high scoring affair. Like I said, when you look at the matchup, you have the FBS leader in passing yards going up against the 89th ranked pass defense. And I think, you know, they're probably going to have to blitz to get a pass rush more than just rushing forward and getting a pass rush. And when you blitz, like you said, you have a quarterback that's great at processing, great at looking at, you know, and knowing what he sees and great at always making the right read, right? Great at always making the right play. And so I think that makes you susceptible. And when you just talked about the weapons they have, I think they're susceptible period. And so I think that Washington is going to be able to score a lot of points and hopefully Texas can match that on the offensive side. And so you have a veteran defense for the Texas Longhorns. You have a defense that, like I said, you know, held Bryce Young to 20 points. Uh, held Oklahoma to zero points, right? Held Max Duggan, who was second in the Heisman voting, to 17 points, right? So this Texas defense has shown up and shown out at times, but I would expect both teams to go over 30 in
1: this game. Well, as we already established, Washington's better than Alabama, so um, <laughs> no, just just messing. I'll, I'll, I'll I mean, give they, a, both
0: went, they both went ten and two,
1: right? So yeah, that's that's all I see. They both went ten and two. pac twelve right now has got more teams in the top twenty five in the SEC. I am just saying. I am just, I am just, I am just throwing it out there. But um, I'll, I'll start with my game prediction here to to wrap up our crossover show today. Or Jonathan, I, I do think Washington wins. I, I think it's high scoring ish. The the thing that I foresee capping Washington's potential to score more is Texas's commitment to the run game because in multiple games this year perhaps to their detriment at times they were willing to abandon the running game. And I don't think they're going to do that even without Bijan Robinson because sometimes the best defense is a good offense and if Texas can put together six to seven minute drives, that's six to seven minutes of game time. Michael Penix is standing there over on the sideline watching the game take place rather than impacting it on, on a play-by-play basis. So I think Sark will want to run the football quite a bit. I think Texas is capable of, of doing it. Sark is very clever as a play caller. So, you know, exploiting the areas of Washington's defense that are, you know, a little bit more vulnerable than, than just going straight up against the front four is something – I think he is capable of doing. I do question his halftime adjustments as I'm sure you have many times uh, this year with the offense stagnating at times in the second half and Ryan Grubbs on the other side as the offensive coordinator for Washington has been really really good in in that department. So I do like Washington here. I think I'll I'll go 38 38- I think 38-27 is, is the final here. I, I like Washington. I think it's close throughout. I, I don't think that's, you know, Washington leading by 20 and then Texas gets a late touchdown. I think it's more like Washington is, you know, up by up by four driving late and they get a touchdown instead of a field goal and maybe that kind of ices the game sort of thing. But I I, I trust I, – I believe in Washington here. I do. Maybe it's because I'm a Pac-12 guy and I'm, of course, pulling for the conference to win as many bowl games as possible but I, I like Washington in this matchup, and I think it's a thir- – I'll, I'll go 38-28. I'll go 38-28 final. Washington beats Texas.
0: Yeah, so I got Texas winning 38-34 to 34 mm. over the Washington Huskies. I think it's a really good game, an instant classic. And I think we see a game plan similar to Alabama where everybody thinks they're going to come out and run the – the ball a lot. But as we saw in that first quarter against Alabama, before Quinn Ewers got hurt, he had threw the ball 12 times. He had threw the ball for 134 yards in the first quarter. I think he's going to come out and showcase Quinn Ewers, try to get him comfortable early, but still the running game is going to be the driving force for the team as it was in really the last four to six games for the Longhorns. I think Jonathan Brooks, who once again, Longhorn Nation (laughs) will introduce y'all to, he'll go over a hundred yards, the future of the running back position at the 40 acres. And I think the defense who's been a bend, but don't break defense under Pete Kakowski makes enough splash plays uh, to win this game. And, you know, like I said, I think, you know, Michael Penix Jr. in this Washington offense gets to 34, but I think the Texas offense does enough in the passing and the run game to get the 38 points. And the Texas defense gets a crucial stop at the end, whether that's a turnover or a turnover on downs to give to Texas Longhorns, the Alamo bowl win in 2022, Spencer McLaughlin from locked on pack 12, any, Last words? Any more grape Kool-Aid before we get out of here?
1: Uh, <laughs> grape Kool-Aid—the first time I've ever do been you, accused of.
0: Do you want to of... shout out the Oregon Ducks? You know, I,
1: mean, <laughs> I was gonna say Ducks, it's fir- the first 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 time in my life i have been accused of drinking uh, grape Kool-Aid for the Huskies. It'll make my mom happy though. She's a she's a Washington fan and whatnot. Uh, the line has come down to, to uh, Texas minus three on Bet Online for for what it is worth because I think Washington wins. If you're thinking about wagering, I would just hammer the money line there. But anything could happen. But I look forward to what should be a a really, really good game. And should be a good crowd uh, as well. It can be hard to get a good crowd uh, at these bowl games sometimes. But Texas playing in the Alamo Bowl, I imagine they'll show up at least in decent numbers, even though it's not the game they wanted to play for at this point in the season.
0: Longhorn Nation, we're going to make them bark for Sark. Hook them, (laughs)